0: Scotty, are you going to pay attention to me now, or are you multitasking again? Scotty, Scotty, it's not fair. I can't. I can't. I, Scotty, I can't do this without you.
1: Did somebody say some? Somebody say something? Sorry, John. I was just concentrating on breathing.
0: Oh, do you have like a little? Do you have like a cassette recorder with like a, an AM radio in ear bud that that goes? Inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. Was that how you managed to uh, keep going?
1: I do, and if want to pretend that I've exercised, see, mine's a digital one now. It's not a not a tape recorder as you would say. Um, it's yeah, you know, I can play at two times speed and pretend I'm out of breath.
0: <laughs> That's really good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. Uh, we're mentioning multitasking, John, but um, we're going to talk about an article that we mentioned last week there. But um, first of all, I, I have to know, we have to get this out of the way at the start. Um, are you in a good mood this week or a bad mood?
0: i in a pretty goodish mood. I will say what, you know, can I tell you what, what, what put me in a good mood? I love our listeners you know, it's, it's so sweet when somebody mentions uh, on Twitter that they enjoyed uh, things that we talked about. I had a couple of, of, of mess mentions this week about how they were very happy about what we were talking about. One of Evan stone had, had thanked us for the discussion photos kit. And, and um, uh, other people had said, uh, we're feeling my pain about and, and, and notice noticing, by the way, uh, do you, are you fully aware of the unbelievable power that this podcast uh, weighs and, and, you know, wields rather? Because did, you did I'm, notice I'm,
1: that- I'm aware that it weighs quite a lot, but I'm not quite sure if it wields anything.
0: <laughs> it, wields, it, wields, it wields a bag of potato chips, I think so. No, uh, you did notice that eight point one shipped yesterday, so I'm all updated. I got Yosemite and I got eight point one yesterday, and, and of course, doing that brings productivity to a halt because then you have to install Xcode. I had problems, you know, installing it from the App Store; it just didn't work. It downloaded, it says it's installing, no activity, no indication of what's going on. So I Googled and uh, then found a URL for downloading the the DMG, uh, you know, the disk image directly, and that worked. And then I had to get a new version of of, of one passcode. And I installed that, but you know I still can't get the browser plugin to work. But all those things are, are separate for it. The real big news about 8.1 is that they restored the, the photo roll, and it just made me realize how widespread the the displeasure of this thing was. Because I, I've seen it all over the place, and, and as you saw, you know uh, what's his face Federighi had, had had mentioned it. It's like, oh yeah, we put back the photo roll, but. So so that made me very happy. But can I also give you my little uh, moment of pride? Somebody sent me a screen grab from the talk, and when they talked about all the new features of, of iOS 8 and they talked about extensions, whose icon was right on the board right next to the guy's hand? Whose? Scott?
1: Um, um, I reckon, um, was it from those guys down in Santa Monica? What are they? No, who was it? Just? It was
0: Findry, damn it. Yay! Yay. I, I posted it on Facebook and said, look, mom, now you can see I'm not an utter failure in life. So so uh, I'm not
1: surprised someone, because maybe they do it differently because um, uh, Matt Walters, who lives here in the Silicon Valley of Tetbury, where I live, produces a product called EasyBooks. They wanted to use his icon on the screen in one of the WWDC sessions, um, and they wrote to him for permission. So I'm surprised you didn't hear about that. Uh,
0: well, I'm I'm not surprised in that. You know, we, we we I'm I'm not no, I don't. I'm not surprised because you because we have been featured. We're an editor's choice, and then I think part of what you do when you do these things is that you you kind of give blanket permission for them to to use you. So there there had been an ask already for us to otherwise we wouldn't have been featured because we.
1: That's a good point. And I think he, in his context is they wanted to talk about it. Here's an example of, so they were actually going to say something specific as opposed to, yeah, you know, just show your icon right. or something. Yes. Yeah, so and that could be a good yeah. point. So while well, we're talking about it, John, and we've sort of half crossed over everything we want to talk about, um, this week, because you've mentioned multitasking, uh, you've mentioned the app store and you've mentioned the event, which are the three things on our list. So, um, let's, let's start with the quick one. Um, what did you make of the event last, um, last Tuesday now? It,
0: thursday sorry. It, well i mean it was very excellent it was it was excellent um the i iP- the new ipads look very nice a number of my friends have been going on and on about how they, they, they they've gone to get them you know there was the earnings report yesterday when everybody's saying oh look you know they had this blow through quarter unbelievable the stock finally went up on on good news um and uh but but then they're like saying yeah people don't replace them i mean we had this talk some time ago, I think you were saying that you'd gotten an Android tablet and saying for the basic purposes of, you know, watching videos on the Internet and, and, and reading and whatnot, there's nothing to differentiate it. But it, it's interesting to, to to see that over time, they seem to be kind of honing in because they don't know what the exact perfect size for everybody is. Right. So I mean, the iPad mini is, is small enough. And now with camera stabilization and because people have been doing it long enough, I think that it will no longer look as ridiculous as it, as it does did. You know, for somebody to use an iPad as a camera. And I think that's kind of the, 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 the point of differentiating between something that you would want to have with you at all times and not, right? Or the differentiation between uh, something you use on the couch and something you, you, you will take with you and to, to use out and about. So that was kind of interesting. But they certainly looked like beautiful engineering. I think the other thing was. You know, Apple Pay I think is going is is probably going to roll out quite smoothly. I've already seen people going on. It's like, hey, I went to Walgreens and I asked the guy, was it a magical experience? It's truly magical. But I think that that's like one of those things that seems kind of mundane, but mundane, you know, times a gazillion is is probably a pretty nice business and pretty nice activity. I suspect that's going to go well. But the the thing that I found most interesting was about the was the admission, like saying, "Yeah, we shipped this thing, and we got lots of mistakes." And they went to to great lengths to to say these are our upgrade numbers, um, and you know clearly they're not nearly as good as as, as what seven was. Um, That's
1: not what they said. The words. Frederiki said were and we couldn't be happy no
0: i know but but let me fit
1: because we all comments we're watching it and that's absolute I, that's why i could be a I, lot I, happier I, but at least they're addressing scotty
0: it. you just you 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 violated my kanban space <laughs> <That's good. laughs> Uh, and, I, I don't want to
1: violate any of your spaces John so. uh,
0: oh just, Scotty I thought you uh, loved uh, me you after continue. all these years so anyway uh, yeah it, it, I, I had, I'm like I'm like going are you kidding and so so then I noticed that when they said you know we couldn't be happier and look how much better they are than, than the, the well known to be absolutely shitty upgrade you know speeds of, of androids so they felt like they to me it was like going yeah it wasn't very good but look how much better it is so quit your whining and so so, you take those two things together, and you makes it makes me wonder. You know, did they did they feel like they had to replace the the photo roll because they you know that really left iOS seven users. Well, no, I guess it wouldn't make a difference. Sorry, I take that back. Um, but I think it's it, it's nice to at least to for them to admit that yeah there were problems. You know, because I think people tend to forget, or people have these such high expectations that you know no one wants to believe that that mommy is, is not perfect and daddy's not perfect so it it was kind of cool so you know all's forgiven apple keep going keep doing what you're doing
1: yeah i think i mean i think they they weren't ever going to stand there and say we screwed up um they haven't been able to address the issue of probably the reason that a lot of those numbers are as low yeah, as they I are yeah. are because of space but there's nothing they can do about that right now um, I found it interesting that they left so many of the existing iPads in existence. It makes the iPad range really, you know, the iPad, Retina, Retina 2 as it's now been, re, uh, no, the iPad, the I- Mini, the iPad Mini 2 and 3 and Air and Air 2. You know, it's, you know, one of the things about Apple was always its simplicity. Here, yeah, pick one or the other. <laughs> um so that's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Or maybe that's part of what you're saying. They're still trying to find out where the market is on this. Is it is it for the quality and the features? Is it about price? Is it about size? And they're just maybe quite openly experimenting there. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and, um, and isn't that kind of interesting that they can do that? Because, you know, it, it's not easy to, to make hardware, I don't think, and to certainly not to make it at scale. But they certainly seem to have, have managed to do it. And I think the other thing, too, is that they're just having to adjust the reality of new markets. I mean – you know, it, 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 somebody was like saying, why on earth did they, they even allow a device with only eight gigabytes of space? And it's, it's true. I mean, especially given that if you need, you know, one point something, I, I, I wasn't able to do an over there upgrade. And, and here's funny, I forgot to mention this. So I, I actually was having a problem with one of the upgrades, 8.0.2, and I couldn't use a uh, cell phone for, for data connections. And I noticed that every time I restarted the phone, it required me to, to um, you know uh, what's the phrase kind of re reactivate my phone like you the one-time thing when you when you do it and it didn't work it didn't work didn't work And so finally you know I was researching it everywhere and and somebody said no actually you just need to get on the phone with Verizon I it, uh, Verizon and no you know uh, slag on them I would never in a million years think to call Verizon for general tech support on my iPhone but I ended up doing it and I was totally stunned and surprised that I got on on the call with somebody who knew absolutely what he was talking about. He was very, very knowledgeable. And basically what I ended up doing is saying, look, I I told him I tried these things, reset network settings, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, that's good. Okay, here's what I can do. And this has helped somebody yesterday. Do you have a backup? And I backed up the phone and did a complete restore. And magically, I had way more space on my device. So it led me to believe that there was a bunch of, of cruft there, but that was not visible so that made me sensitive to it but in the meantime since i've done that craft i noticed that a bunch of apps that i deleted you know got got you know reinstalled which i didn't want because it basically keeps track of every app you've ever downloaded and if you if you've ever kind of since everybody who's had a phone for more than a couple of years and has ever done a, a, a restore install while tethered has this this you know collection of apps that, that may end up going back on. But the other thing I noticed now that they've they've made it easy to find out which apps take up lots of space, Facebook, and I hope you're listening, Facebook had like 800 megabytes of of, of, sto- of, of storage that was doing it. And, and I know for a fact, having seen iOS console, you can see, for instance, when apps go and start downloading in the background and so i i kind of knew that they would pre preload a bunch of stuff they want that and it's critical for them to make their uh make their their scrolling work flawlessly but you know they're they're obviously downloading tons of stuff i would love to be able to see Within that kind of what portion of that is used with cash and why it would have to have all that cash? I'm not storing my photos in Facebook. This is just things like cached videos that that are in line that they're pushing a lot. So the the the, the point of that whole long rant is that yes, these the, we're we're starting to see new usage patterns at different you know uh, uh, for different markets and. Uh, I'm wondering what an 8-gigabyte phone in this context would would ever do for somebody unless it was kind of considered a disposable phone or a a hand-me-down phone to be. And if you want to have these smooth upgrades and you have a higher-end phone, you have to learn to manage stuff. And this is not simple like it should be.
1: Yeah, but I mean the phones – we talk about the um, 5C is the 8-gig phone. It's not like it's a cheap phone. It's a it's a less expensive phone, but it's not a cheap phone. It's not a it's not a fifty buck throwaway phone. It's still five hundred bucks or whatever it is. I mean, which is um you know it, it's still a high quality, expensive device, really. I mean you don't just buy things that are gonna cost if you bought anything else that costs five hundred bucks and expected to throw it away after a year, you'd be quite quite disappointed, really. Okay, so I mean for me the highlights was because you know I've been waiting for this, was the the Retina Mac um, iMac, the 5K. Um, now, it was, first of all, a stunning piece of hardware. Um, I'm going to get one. I was initially wondering whether I should wait till early next year when the next set of processors come out from Intel, the Broadwell processors, instead of the current Haswell range. However, um, Marco Arment, who follows the processors quite well, wrote a piece on you know, what the difference between the Broadwells and the Haswells are going to be. And really a lot of it is about energy saving and power saving for laptops, which is not such an issue in an iMac. So I think, you know, that was my only concern. Um, so I'm going to order one of those. I'm going to give it a few weeks just to make sure there are no horror stories, first of all, about them being, you know, completely useless or exploding or, you know, um, you know, they're only in black and white or something. Um but it's uh, it was really interesting to see they went for this 5K display, which is amazing. But really, that is just totally written off, um, as far as I can see, any chance of there being an independent panel for people using Mac Pros, um, so or MacBook Pros, because um, Thunderbolt, even Thunderbolt two, will just not support that resolution through a single bus. Um, I guess they could do a panel that used multiple buses um uh as to allow the, the MacBook um no sorry, the Mac Pro to use it, but that doesn't seem to be Apple's style. So we seem to be back in a, a situation as we were when we first went to the twenty seven inch screens that um it could be that uh people who've got Mac Pros uh, and MacBook Pros are um still you know, a year, maybe even two years away from being able to use an, a separate Retina panel with them, um, and even when those Retina panels arrive, they probably won't run with any of the current architectures, the current machines that are out there. And that's quite an interesting move because it now makes, to me, um, I'm asking myself the question: Who really is the Mac Pro for? Because almost the the high end machine, if you want to include the, the the display in that, is now the the iMac. Um, I mean maxed out they're not cheap I think um, if you put it up to the 32 gig of RAM and the one terabyte of storage and you upgrade to the four gigahertz processor and um, the slightly better graphics card I think it's about three and a half thousand pounds about five thousand dollars but it's still that's a machine that's still around the same price as an entry-level Mac Pro but you get a retina display with it so I think actually they've you know if they work and there's still a big if there um that's a stunning release from Apple I think and and I and I think was right to be left till last because it was the highlight of the show mm.
0: well Scotty it makes me want to 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 you know visit Tetbury just to be able to witness the parade I mean are they going to like you know when you're when <laughs> is is your new machine going to be delivered in the front of a of a of a farm you know of a tractor of some sort as it makes its afternoon parade, <laughs> and they'll
1: there'll be, be a band, a marching band, and everything,
0: <laughs> and a bunch of you people singing that impenetrable with that impenetrable accent. What was that song that you were singing
1: <laughs> when we were down getting up? A- oh, I can't remember. It's was, it was something by the Wurzel, yes, I think, wasn't yes.
0: it? Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, you got a brand new combine harvester, and I'll give you the keys. Yes,
0: I've got a brand new MacBook Mac Pro Retina or something. <laughs>
1: Oh dear, dear. So um, I'll probably be the end of the year by the time I order one and get one. And uh, but um, I'm looking forward to that. God, means means uh, I haven't got space in my office, which means I've now got to probably sell at least one, if not two, of my um 30 inch uh, cinema displays. So um, gonna be sad to see those go. But uh, I think it's time for me to move into the Retina era now. Yep. Interesting enough, I am going to go for the top processor. But you know, I was saying to people this week, you know, I, I currently work mainly off a eleven inch MacBook Air, um, and I am memory constrained because it can only take eight gig of memory in there, um, and I am a little bit hard drive constrained uh, because it can only take um, five twelve is the most good in there. But you know, it's got a one point seven dual core processor in, and very rarely do I ever say, "Oh, this thing's too slow." Um, so, uh, yeah, the, the the comparative power of the chips now is like you know it, it's just like bonus really because even the low end lowest end machine um, you know is is perfectly suitable even for using things like Xcode. Mm. Well, John, um, wh- where should we go next? I'll let you choose which of our two subjects we go to. Oh,
0: uh, well, can I can I uh, insert a little developer trick that might help somebody down the line?
1: You could insert whatever you like.
0: Oh, Scotty, oh, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> So.
1: You're gross.
0: <laughs> so oh now you got me all flustered. No, so I had fun over the weekend where I was trying to use uh the Getty Images API. And uh uh you know they, they use OAuth for 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 getting a token, so it should be absolutely guard variety stuff. And it's like they even have some Objective-C code up on GitHub, it's brand new, it's it whoever wrote it, uh, I don't think it understands Objective-C very well. Um Sorry, but it's true, um, and so I, you know, it just it verified what I was seeing in the docs. You know, you basically post with a form encoded, you know, data, and then you get back your token. So I was like, okay, this is the easiest stuff in the world? And you post it, and you post it, and I get no response back. And I start, you know, breaking in the debugger, looking at the response. Like, why is this not working? Said, oh, okay, there's an error. Okay, that's great. You know, NS URL domain minus one thousand five, and it's kind of one of those errors. Like, well, you know, the no, no response back and I'm thinking okay why 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 and then i did an, an used another tool and it got back another bit of response where it says actually the network connection was lost and i'm thinking okay maybe this is some strange thing with ssl you know maybe they have a certificate that's not right and 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 when you're using ns earl session it's not you know responding to the delicate methods saying hey you know the ssl cert is not quite right do you want to proceed anywhere? so i'm like saying this
1: it seems we've just got disconnected
0: Huh. Well, so now you know when you're on the internet, sometimes connections drop. And so this is – so I, I start you know, Googling and sometimes you just have to Google a couple times, changing the phrase a little bit. I did come across a very helpful Stack Overflow little hint and trick that, which reminded me something. I knew this before but I forgot it, that – if you have the simulator running and you lose network connectivity, it does not recover gracefully. And so in the meantime, while I'm trying to figure out all these things that are going on, you know, I ended up looking at another parts of the document, and they talk about having version strings, and it's like, oh, okay, maybe the problem is that I I forgot to put the version string in it for, for getting the OAuth token, so I changed the URL, and I, and also I'd done a bunch of other things. I changed, you know, I thought maybe the keys were were expired, so I regenerated keys and secrets and and all that kind of stuff. Finally, when I saw that the connectivity was was gone, I actually then you know. Uh, restarted the simulator and I at least got a different error, error and then I said oh okay all the things that I was trying to do to fix what was the wrong problem I undo those things and things magically worked. And in fact, what's, what, what, you know, I had to eliminate all these things, but this is something I'm sure you you go through, but it's a reminder (laughs) is that, you know, you have to be very methodical when you're trying to debug a problem and, and you, you should not kind of keep going and and hammering over the same thing over and over again. It's got to be something else. Um, And I don't, you know, and it just reminded me again, my God, how would we possibly do this without Google? You know, so uh that made me, me happy to have finally prevailed over that. So don't takeaways is like if you have network connectivity problems uh in, in your app and you're using the simulator, restart the simulator. That's the first thing that you can try.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, I had to remember I'd totally forgotten about that. Um so that's handy tip, handy tip. John, last week I was sharing about being at Singleton and um, we started talking about, uh, I think, uh, Maximum Viable Product, didn't we? One of the sessions that was going on. Uh, another session that was there was by um, our friend from Barebones, Rich Siegel, one of the sort of uh, longest running Mac developers in uh, the Mac community, um, writes BB Edit. And he chose to use Singleton to announce what has now been public for a, a week or two, and probably most people heard of, that he is withdrawing. At the next major release, he's going to withdraw BB Edit from the Mac App Store. And, of course, this has raised all the same um, questions again that uh, happened when Panic did this a few months ago, didn't they, with Coda. They announced the same thing. I, I, th- I think it was a few months ago. It was a little while ago. Uh, he was very carefully went through all the options to explain, you know, well, actually he went through and said why he wasn't doing it. And it wasn't anything to do with the, the normal stuff we read um, about it being about Apple taking 30 percent or there being no trials or there being no updates, um, there being sandboxing um even the fact that he thinks itunes connect is totally broken and a completely unreliable way of launching software Uh, he spent a long time on that he says you know the launching of an app is really um a high pressure point for an app developer and when the tool chain that you have to use is as flaky as it is with the itunes connect stuff it really really makes your life miserable And so he came. He came in an end to just saying, you know, that overall the reason that he is taking BB Edit out of the Mac App Store, it's got nothing to do with any of these individual things, but basically it's all about his quality of life. That it actually just makes um, the enjoyment of his doing his job um, not worth the pain. Um, and he wants to go back to being in control and doing it because that creates for him a better life. Now, I guess if you've been a developer of a product that's been in the store for whatever it is, 20 years, 25 years, however long, or been on sale, however long it is, um, you you know, you maybe got choices that. I don't know if everyone's got the choice for that. But equally, there's lots of people who always point out um, that, they don't ever sell their app in the mac app store anyway um just looking um meeting with Scott Morrison um of indev he sells um mail plugins they can never go into the store because of what they do uh, paul kim at last year's ns conference gave a talk on life outside the app store his product hazel has never even been in the app Store because it can't do because of various sandboxing um and it was just uh uh interesting to maybe just think you know what your thoughts are on this or, or what is it it's, it comes up again and again i guess every time someone major leaves it's uh it, we're going to discuss this or is this just a storm in a teacup because actually the reason we're getting so fussed about it as a community is because you know it's panic and we know all about panic it's bare bones we know all about bare bones but you know the people out in the world it's just two people that they don't know from anybody else and so who gives us stuff
0: I yeah i have I'm of different minds. I mean I, I totally agree that that the things that p- the developers have been asking for that have never never been realized. I mean like you know upgrades and and whatnot. You know I I, I, get, I get it from Apple. Apple does what what Apple's going to do for the for their interest and in what they they believe that their understanding of the customers is superior to to a bunch of 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 wonky third party developers who you know with colorful socks hanging out in cafes complaining. But I think that that. Given the, given the very big sales of of Mac, that they've really the sales have have increased tremendously. They've they've increased in the developing countries. That's what my understanding of it is. But but the Mac is is, is has new life. Um, and so it's 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 hard for me to imagine that there won't be some policy changes because they they can't not look at these signals and say we've got a problem here. But they also may just say you know they they may just come out and saying that that that. You know, app stores for 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 apps that are closer to the iOS model, and that you know y- your app should be a type of player software for a service, and that it should be essentially free, and that standalone kind of productivity apps, are, you know, that that may may benefit from network connectivity, but you know, don't really. That's not really what it's all about, you know. But it, I don't know. It, it's a, it's a very tricky problem because I don't see how they walk back some of these things. I don't see how you walk back. All this effort to sandbox things like crazy to, to be able to make it, you know, and and then and then how can you force developers to adapt these things unless you somehow kind of you know create a, a super strong incentive? That said, if if, it, if it's found that it's it's not that hard to to reach customers, the, the ones that you care about, you know, through through other channels that are only possible with it within a more open up you know operating system you know I, I think that that is it a, torment, a storm in the teacup it, it it is a storm for the people who are involved in it it's not a storm for the, for for the the greater world but you know do be like Apple do do what you need to do for yourself if, if it your quality of life is being you know taken away stop it you know if, if you're able if you're afraid that you can't reach the customers look toward the examples of people who do and take comfort in the fact that they're such are such big numbers i mean I, it's to me it's amazing that they're they're selling you know multiple millions of of Macs per quarter when they they barely did a million not all that many years ago that's a pretty big leap so you know you can charge high prices
1: <laughs> I think you've just um raised a point there about incentives i think you know one of the things with everyone knows that the ios um app store has problems um but because there is no choice everybody works to make the most of what's there um drew mccormack um do you remember we had ken case um uh, from the omni group and drew mccormack from the mental faculty on oh maybe a year 18 months ago to have this very same argument Uh um on here where they drew wrote another blog post this week we'll link to in the show notes as well Um, and he he was arguing that you know part of the problem here is because developers do have an alternative they just often see the 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 mac app store as a problem not as an opportunity Um, or they they see it more as a problem because they could do it a different way and you know he was presenting lots of things that you know Apple ought to be offering huge incentives like um, you know being able to have badges on things which make them search easier if if you guarantee that it's exclusive in the App Store you you pay a different rate if you guarantee exclusivity in the App Store um, you get a whole bunch of other stuff if you do stuff for the App Store and so he thinks that the problem here he doesn't actually think that there's He thinks we're a bunch of -of out-of-date old fuddy-duddies wanting things like um, trials and uh, updates. And he goes, he can understand why people look that way, but that's not the modern way of doing it and the rest of it. And, you know, just get used to the new way of doing it um, and in-app purchase and that sort of thing. But he thinks Apple could be working harder here to make life uh, the incentives better um, for people to be in the, the Mac App Store um so yeah uh, uh, do you still sell memory minor in the store and out of the store
0: uh yes but you know the the, the in-store stuff was yeah i mean I, that was a big disappointment it, it never gave me the the pop so no it, it's it's i still offer both i don't i you know my feeling of it is is that it's it, 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 there's, no, there's no, there hasn't been enough, a sufficient amount of pain. The pain wasn't really about the App Store. much, you know. The pain was about sandboxing.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's a different one. There you are. You have people here who say either option can be good. I know quite a few developers who say that their Mac App Store versus non-Mac App Store sales are roughly equal. Um, so it means, you know, it just, every time the Mac app store comes up with a hindrance. If it's, if it's equal in sales to, to, uh, something else, then it's just going to be seen as a problem. And I, so I think, I think, you know, the ball is firmly in Apple's court here to, to make the Mac app store a better place for us to sell software, um, in order that it becomes, uh, the fact that these, the problems that you have to go through to be in the Mac app store are actually worth it because, you're still better off than if you weren't in the Mac App Store. Uh-huh. Anyway, there we are. Interesting. Um, but it's, I'm just wondering, you know, this debate goes um, around and around in circles. I'm sure next year we'll be talking about another major product that is uh, just uh, left. Now, John, when we're on the subject of the Mac App Store, um, well, app stores, um, did you read Cable Sasa's blog post this week on bundle pricing?
0: I only glanced at it
1: it's I'd, I'd not sat down to work how this goes yet but actually you know it appears that if you put um some apps into a bundle uh and you already own one of those apps the way the way that it works is it um takes the price of the bundle and then it rem- rem- removes um this is if you want to complete the bundle so let's say you've got two apps or three apps and um uh, you can now bundle them, and if someone comes along and sees a bundle and they've got one of those apps, uh, the App Store will offer them the option to complete the bundle, get the other two apps by just paying what it says is the difference. And the way it calculates the difference is it removes what you have currently paid for the apps you have in the bundle um, versus the price of the bundle and charges you the difference, which means lots of people might see different prices. And it was just showing an example that might be a three-app bundle um, but if you bought like one of those apps when it was on sale, uh, it still only takes off what you've paid. So let's say you had three apps and they were all $10. Okay. And you'd set the bundle price at $25 or something. Um, but you bought, if you bought one at $10, it's going to charge you $15. Uh, but if you bought one on sale, it only removes what's, um, what you actually paid when it was on sale so you could end up be trying in some situations where you're trying to finish the bundle with one last app and it's actually trying to charge you more than the individual app would cost you and it was quite i don't know if you'd seen that and that's that's um, going to create some interesting support scenarios i think
0: indeed indeed well okay I mean, you don't care about that we could move no, on i i i do but i i, I it, it's on the greater scale of 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 life's problems or even developer's problems it's it's it, it's it's just another thing you have to deal with and yeah there are definitely things where thing you know not everything was completely thought thought through
1: okay we mentioned it last week john so we better finish with it we're running a bit late but uh did you get to watch that um read that post or watch that video on multitasking
0: i got through about half of it and i found it very good and i will watch the other half of it It was a very interesting exercise. I actually, it it, it was shocking, and it reminded you. Do you want to tell our our, our listeners? No, what, you
1: you go ahead. Go on. you go ahead. Well, so
0: I mean it was just starting off saying that you know multitasking is bad and it's not because it's morally bad, it just doesn't work, right? And then here's a, a way of testing it that and you know, where you're asked to do this exercise where you're gonna have take three columns, divide a paper into three columns, and then you're gonna write A through through J in you know, and then one through one through ten and then one through ten in Roman, Roman numerals, right? And they said that first way you're gonna do it, you're gonna go, you know column 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 next row column 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 so on and so forth so you'd be writing a one and then you know the roman numeral one and and they were finding out that that you know that's what you do first. It's like now do it start to finish. Do it the first column to completion. Do the second column to completion. Do, do the third column, and it was radically faster. And it made me recall this this whole kind of uh, tempest about about web objects and is it truly multi-threaded? And and I remember this Apple engineer saying, "No, a, a, a single web objects response or a single web objects instance is not multi-threaded, and it's not going to be. And you're asking the wrong question." He Said, you know, why don't you try going to a grocery store with your bag of groceries? And do you really think it's going to be faster to take the bread? put it in one lane, walk over to the next one, put the, the milk in another lane and think that doing it does, doesn't work like that. The way to get the, the scale and the performance is you have the adapter d- decide which instances is available and you just simply run multiple instances. That was a million years ago and I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that Rails apps are the same way. They are, they are by their nature single-threaded instances. They may fork something to do something, but basically the, the application itself does not handle the incoming instances. It will it will go and do a request to its compl- completion and wait for the next one and and so it was very interesting to say that your mind is no different and i actually get into arguments with my wife and of course she wins because she's italian where i just i give up and stop I, I tune out but she's like johnny i can multitask i can do more than th- one thing at once and i have seen some research saying that 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 you know women you know f- for whatever reason are slightly uh, more able to do it but i i think it's more a question of a small degree that the reality is is that that, that context which have a very expensive cost to them and it, if it's true in software it's true in your life as well and maybe you should look into that so
1: i think that's the point isn't it it's not whether you can do it it's whether it works well right uh, and i think i think um yeah i mean i think there has been research to prove this but i think you know uh many husbands will will probably tell you that I think there is something – I mean, this is very generalistic and I don't want to be sexist in this, but in my experience from the people I've met, often uh, women can juggle more things at the same time. I don't know why that is um, or whether that's just a myth. Um, So please don't slate me over it. Um, But the question is, is it efficient? Um, I think the point was here that, you know, through a whole bunch of exercises and then showing a certain um, bunch of things that actually – it is more efficient to focus on one task to completion and then do the next task to completion, then the next task to completion. Even though that might feel like progress is slower, actually it's often a lot faster than trying to do two or three things at once. And I mean, I think the suggestion that I come come out of the video at the end is if you know, if you just physically can't do that or that's not the way you work, then you still should. Um, segment your time into big enough chunks uh, at minimum of 30 minutes that you focus on one thing for 30 minutes then take a short break and then focus on the next thing for 30 minutes but don't try and be filling in this well that's doing that and then this is doing this because actually it just does end up taking you longer and actually you make more mistakes. Um, we'll put a link to the video in there. It was um, it was uh, using a bit of a thing called um, you know, Kanban, which is a project management process for want of a better uh, description, um, but it was suggesting you how to use personal Kanban for your life where you create an inflow, but you only and an outflow in a very narrow channel through which you put things, you're only working on one or at most two things at once and how that can make your life more efficient. But equally, I found the whole thing, I don't know if you got this far in the video, John, that by making a physical reflection of the things you have to do. Um, and by physical, it wasn't even just like on the computer screen. It was like a physical board on your desk with sticky notes on representing everything. Um Especially in a shared environment with other people, uh, it, it just gave you a far better um, appreciation of your workload, your workflow. When other people came to your desk, they would see that board. They would have, uh, they found that people were got far better at only asking for something when it was really important because they could see that your, your physical board was full of things already and they didn't want to add to that burden whereas if it was empty they could see that they could add to it and this whole thing of everybody beginning to understand work on one thing at once generate a way of representing your workflow actually uh, within this was in software so within software teams particularly large teams absolutely massively increase their productivity
0: I have no doubt. You know, I, I, we started using Trello, which I, 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 I kind of like that. And I think Trello is the, is the right mix. It's simple enough, but I, I haven't gone so far as to have a physical board. But I, I, I think maybe I ought to. If, just maybe even just to do it for a week to get an idea. But you know, when, when well, Trello
1: it, gives you the same concept, doesn't it? It gives it you the multiple columns, and you can and so basically, it's, that's Kanban. Right. Um, I mean, it's. I mean, whether it's pure Kanban, I don't know, but who cares? Um. And that's great. I guess you could have a screen with that on all the time or an iPad with that yeah. all the time. Yeah. And, and it depends who, if you work with that, if, if you're just for yourself, then it's about having something you can see and understand where you are at very quickly, very easily. Um, The physical thing came in the f- aspect of that made it easier for others to deal with you. And because they, that physical numbers on a screen, even if they're on a screen, don't mean the same as seeing something physical to us, even in this age. And if someone walks up to your, if you work in an office and someone walks up to your desk and your board is absolutely plastered with post-it notes already, it's, you know, they just, it didn't matter who they were, whether they were kind people, compassionate people, thinking people, what type of personality, the reality was when they saw a full board, they only asked for something if it was really important. Well, Which so I think is great. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, the, 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 I wanted to back up a little bit about you know answering the question why does it seem that that, that women are able to to multitask better? And I, I, my my guess of it, and, and I think this is what I've read as well, is that that they are exposed to more situations where they're required to do it. And a very perfect one is if you've got small children in in care. And I, and and I think that any kind of I, I hope that any modern father out there has knows what it's like to kind of be fully responsible for kids while trying to juggle work engagements and and dealing with this issue of you know one kid is crying one kid's hungry i mean my god you have five kids right so you 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 must have experienced and and it's a very interesting lesson to learn and i think that the solution to this is is you kind of have to figure out what is the what is the smallest unit of 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 task that you can do that doesn't require any context switch, or or and if you do have to do context switch, which are the ones that require so little effort? I mean, I think that you know, in parenting, it's like your kid wants attention. Then you have, if you have to stop and unravel, it's like, well, why do they want attention? You know, is there a big problem? Are they hiding something? Is there this? What's going on? And then people say, ah, you know what? I can satisfy this problem, keep that plate spinning by by letting them watch some some video. It's the most common thing that people do, and it's pretty it's it's pretty deadly, um, because it it makes you feel like you're that allows you to to productively switched off to something else but all you're doing is creating a bigger problem down the line so it, it, it is still interesting to, to to see about how you know the lessons of software development or the, the forced realities of, of of writing code and building apps switches over to other aspects of your life and how other aspects of your life might should come into play in, in how you think about software. You know, particularly the thing about, it's like, well, the expeditious thing, to the expedient thing to do at this moment is just to solve the small problem and I'll deal with the consequences later. And it's like in the same way that you don't want to deal with nasty consequences with living things. So so should be the case with, with your, your code, your software. But that's a topic for another show.
1: It is. Well, hopefully we haven't upset anybody. I just want to show everybody that, you know, we fully understand that in our statements that women are better at multitasking or whatever that you know, we've been incredibly generalistic and you know that's uh, you know everybody is unique everybody is individual um you know we're not we're not trying to categorize anybody or say anybody should things hopefully we haven't offended you if we have i apologize um but you know um we, we mean in the I don't know. What do we mean, John? We, we, we mean, well, we're not trying to put anybody down or make anybody better than anybody else. We're just uh, having an interesting conversation. Okay, John, where can people find you on the internets?
0: You can find me on the internets on Findery, where I'm John Fox. And you can find me on the Twitters as Jembe, that's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And you can find out all about my product Memory Miner at memoryminer.com.
1: My name is Scotty. You can uh, find me on Twitter as MacDevNet. You can find my personal blog at wafflewithmeaning.com and you will find the show notes for this show at iDeveloper.co where you can also sign up to receive them by email if you wish. They will come into your uh, inbox uh, a few minutes after the show has been released in full shiny TechnoColor linkability or something like that anyway. (laughs) oh thank you very much everyone and uh thanks for listening and until next time you take care I'm